1: Ladies
2: and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast.
3: It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James, and welcome to the show, brought to you by The Athletic UK. And it is here, the final podcast of the season. We'll be wrapping up everything from 21-22. All the loose ends in promotion and relegation. Plus, there is plenty of FFC news to get into. Contracts expiring, players leaving, deals off, players for sale, and Marco Silva winning awards. Plus, it is the chart of this will catch on. The top five submissions from the year as voted by our audience. Cannot wait to get into that. And it is the regular Thursday club recording at completely the wrong day of the week. But who cares anymore? Peter Rutzer from the Athletic UK. Hello.
2: Hi, Sammy. How are you doing? It does feel weird to be recording on a Monday. It's completely going off my, my plans for the week.
3: But yeah, be... I know, but Jack's going on holiday. You were yeah. going away. It needs must. Jack Collins, hello.
2: Hello,
0: listeners. Hello, Sammy. Hello, Peter. Um, it's good to be here on a Monday. I'm quite happy for it. it is, I, I completely agree. But like, for me, you know, when like, people say, oh, you go on holiday and you lose track of the days. This is what happens to me in the, in the off season but mm. like as soon as I don't have like football to work around as a kind of a standardized format uh, I start to lose because I obviously and you know this Peter as, as much as anyone else but like the kind of rhythms of your week don't work to the same nine to five beat as as most people's it's kind of like you build up to a weekend and you work the weekend and then they kind of fall out from the week your, your Monday becomes your Thursday the Wednesday is off another kind of that calm days as long as it's not midweekers. Um, and then you kind of build back up to the weekend again. Uh, so, so like, as soon as I lose that structure every day just becomes a bit chaotic. So I am looking forward to going away and, um, just having a breather. <laughs> so so where sort of, are you going?
3: Where are you going on holiday?
0: I'm going to Rhodes. I'm going to Rhodes oh. for 10 days. I, this is my first saying to, to the lads, this is my first holiday since 28. Like obviously you get to go away for work and go away for games and weekends and whatever. And it's great. And I love it. And I wouldn't change it for the world. It's the first holiday for more than like four days at a time since 2018. So I'm quite
3: excited about it. Are you going to watch any football? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, oh, <laughs> but there's, there's, come there's,
0: on. There's the finalissima. There's um, obviously oh, okay. the, the last, the starts of the, uh, the playoffs for the World Cup. Oh, yeah, um, to be fair. There's some pretty big things going on, but I am gonna try and vaguely switch off for a little bit. Um I you know, but then you know me, I'm sort of very good at relaxing. So I'll probably like be two days in and I'll be like drawing out Y Scout templates of people that Fulham are linked with um before before too long. So I imagine you'll still hear from me
3: go get a beer <laughs> i'll have a beer <laughs> on the sun it, lounger
0: i'll do it with a beer on the sun lounger but i'm still going to be there on the looking at looking <laughs> at kind of diagrams on 23's yeah. toolbox to find out if we're signing players there any cop or not
2: i've got a week away booked for the middle of june and i just got told the other day by my partner who's sort of like should we've chosen the place and she sort of arranged it. it's like oh actually yeah it, it doesn't actually have any wi-fi so there'll be a period next month where i will just be out the loop and you know you know that'll be the week where Fulham suddenly just announced everyone that they decided to sign <laughs> for the summer. Fulham are very rude with when they famously
3: announce transfers, contract extensions. It's generally like 11.30 at night on a Saturday. I'm at some bar. I'm like, oh, what? Um, so yeah, no doubt, Peter, they'll do the same to you. Right then, some fallout from the rest of the season. That's what we wanted to come back specifically and do a podcast about because... The final kind of two places in the Premier League that were up for debate are now sorted. Leeds stayed up, Burnley went down and then Nottingham Forest won the playoffs. Peter, it feels like, feels like the Romantics Premier League. It feels like what all the neutrals wanted. Leeds and Forest in the big time. Um, I feel like it might take uh, some of the attention away from Fulham uh, going into next season, which I
2: don't think is a bad thing. No, that's, that is one silver line. And it is, it does look like a really nice lineup. Like it just, I don't know the, the weight and the history and all it is. As you say, Sammy It is a proper romantic lineup. Sadly,
3: Brentford are in there slightly spoiling it in terms of, um, history.
2: Sort of nostalgia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 He reigns neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Carefully wobbling the line. Um, uh, it's nice having all of the English European champions in the top fight as well. Um, something we haven't had for a significant amount of time. Um, so that's, that's a bit unfair on Ipswich, IMO. N- n- <laughs> Do they win the UEFA yeah. Cup? Yeah. Yeah, Jack's, Jack's yeah. Jack's pulling your leg there. All right, mate. That? Bloody <laughs> hell. Don't put me on the spot like that. you make me worried <laughs> then. Um, <laughs> yeah, so no, it's good in that sense. I think from, uh, if you want to put your Fulham hat on, um, not ideal, Yeah, I think, of the possibilities, because when you have, obviously, like Forest, there's a pull factor there. Um, there's a weight behind them that, that may just help them out. Same goes for Leeds. And, you know, it's yeah. Burnley going down, it's difficult to see. It's going to be a very difficult for them next year. But if they had stayed up, you know, there's almost guaranteed to struggle next year. They may not have. But, you know, the way things are, the way they're set up, the way the club is at this point, um, that would have been the ideal outcome. And, and the same with Huddersfield, you just don't think they're going to have, would have the same, Pull power, they don't have the same squad strength. And, and, and as much as Carlos has done a great job and there are good elements to it, um, it'll be difficult. But, um, you know, the Forest have a job to do when they come up. And we'll probably talk about that a bit more. But they've got a few low knees in that team. That squad's going to need some reshaping, probably more so than Fulham and Bournemouth, you could argue. So, um, you know, something to take. But in terms of a lineup, looks good. I think from a Fulham perspective, it makes it a little trickier.
3: Yeah, I mean, Jack um, Burnley going down, as I say, probably was the worst outcome for Fulham. Although Leeds under Jesse Marsh, I still don't think are out of the woods for for next season. They are looking to to make some quite big signings, but they potentially have a few big departures. Right now, you're looking at the bottom of the Premier League and look, we'll do a proper pre-season predictions in August once we know all the facts and stuff. But yeah, but who just... Who would you expect to be in the conversation rather than necessarily pin your colours to the wall now?
0: Well, obviously you look at the three promoted clubs and then you look at the sides who struggled this season. So you're looking at Leeds. I think you're looking at Everton again if they keep with keep Frank Lampard on, although I do think there will be investment. Um, I, I still think that things aren't right at Everton behind the scenes and they continue to make silly decisions. And if that continues, then I'd imagine they might struggle again. Um, I look at Southampton, who have had a desperate end of the season, didn't win in their last 12. Um, and it just feels like it's got a little bit stale for Southampton under Hassan Hull. And, you know, we've seen things like that happen before. And it reminds me a little bit of, of the kind of Martin Yole era at Fulham, where we had that really bad run. Through the season before we got relegated towards the end, but it didn't matter because we had a good first half of the season and it was kind of by the bye. Um, but actually, it turned out into a, a bit of a nightmare, obviously in the in the in the se- season following. And I wonder if Southampton are going to be dragged into this. I think you have to look at. Brentford, like I I don't think it's disrespectful to say they've had an amazing season, they've been incredibly impressive. Um, and but I do think, you know, second seasons are harder. R Shefford United, who, you know, had that amazing first season in the Prem and then dropped into the relegation zone and never got out of it. They struggled as people started to work them out. And it's gonna be a big test for Brentford to see if they can kick on next season. Now, look at their recruitment strategy, you think yes, things are are moving in the right direction for them, but ultimately there's still a lot of weight of finances that weighs against them. And I think that that might happen again. Um, So I think that would be my early, my early kind of gambits is that the three promoted clubs, Everton, Leeds, Southampton and Brentford, um, you're looking at the seven. One of those will not be in the mix. Like I guarantee, I don't know who it will be yet, but one of those teams won't be in the mix. Um, And it just sort of then pans out as it will probably be a bottom six and you've got a scrap for every point. Um, Now, look, I agree with you that Burnley staying up would have probably been the best for Fulham in terms of actual um, you're playing against a team you think you can beat, but <laughs> equally, they've if they'd stayed up, they would have been doing this again, and and they would have survived again, and that that becomes a habit in so many ways. So there's an element of that to to consider, and you know, as we've kind of touched on the top, it does make for a, a neutrals, uh, a very pleasant neutrals Premier League, not having Burnley in the mix, you know, purely because they're just not great team to watch um, playing football. So, so ultimately that's, that's where I'm at at the moment. I'd say seven down there, but obviously recruitment's going to play a massive part and we've got to see how, how that pans out.
3: Um, Peter, just talking about forest, I I think particularly interesting from a Fulham point of view, because Steve Cooper did such an amazing job. And I think for me, he felt like the closest to the job. And if it hadn't have been Marco Silva, um, he clearly was angling for the move, himself i think he would have definitely been interested in the fulham job had it been offered to him uh, fulham had ambitions slightly higher than than steve cooper and it's all worked out brilliantly for us so definitely Absolute. no regret- yeah, and it's worked out great for him too. I don't think there's any regrets on either side. Um, but he, he did a remarkable job there. I know a lot's been made of the. They were bottom. I mean, they also were just eight points off the playoffs as well. Like, it, it wasn't an impossible task he had. But still, to pick Forrest up and and the way he turned the team around into a real attacking force. And we saw them when they came to the cottage. You know, they really are quite an impressive side. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Brennan Johnson tour <laughs> tim Freeman new one didn't he that day he had him was asked several times um several good players but as you say, quite a lot of loans in there as well there's a hell of a lot of work and yes the city ground will be a factor they'll probably win their first two games of the season just on pure um momentum nice. but like there's a lot to be done there like there is a bournemouth and at Fulham this summer
2: no 100 percent um yeah, you have to give credit to Steve Cooper, who, as you say, was certainly would have been on Fulham's radar, and you know Fulham always maintained that you know Marcus was their top choice. They wanted someone to to really underline that they've they a step up in in management terms. Um But Cooper would would have been in that picture, and I think if, when looking at the job he's done at Forest, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it's you know in terms of points, you know, the, the gap to Plath wasn't huge, but it's. It's a big beast, Nottingham Forest. You know, a, when you enter a club in that sort of situation, like they have been, um, he was, he's their 20th manager, I think, since, since the Premier League, Cooper. Um, it can eat you up and spit you out really, really quickly. Um, but he managed to have an impact straight away in terms of the supporters with the group. You know, it's always been a big squad, but he's managed to get them all pulling in his direction, giving them an identity, as you talked about, and then managed to get them pretty much to the cusp of the automatics and if you you wonder if you start the season in charge because it's you know you don't drop that many points when you get automatic promotion um then Forrest would have been right up there and it would have been a a different challenge for for Fulham and for Bournemouth so um yeah he's done an incredible job and this is sort of a a more of an unknown coming into the Premier League for, for him as a manager of course um we've seen what he can do in the championships got playoffs three times now hasn't he really uh, and then, there, of course, as you said, the squad, the squad's the other side to it. You know, it's, um, there are some loans in there. You know, you look at Zink and Nagel, you look at Jed Spence. Um, the, obviously, there still will be some uncertainty about Brendan Johnson, but the fact they've gone up will be a massive boost for, for them. Um, it's always the challenge when you're, when you're the playoff side. Um, but it, it, it feels like because of how they've been in the season, they, they have the strength of an automatic team. Um, but it's just about filling those gaps. Um, And you know, they've got a back three set up. They defensively quite tight, you know, their playing style generally was transition based, wasn't it? You know, they're, they're very much a counter attacking team who had a good threat on the breaks. If they recruit well, then they they could be set up quite nicely. Um, They remind me a lot
3: of the Fulham team in 2018 you know that was a team that probably was good enough for the automatics but was let down by a a bad start and then when they got into the playoffs i think everyone kind of thought forest were the team if you looked at it objectively i think everyone realized that i know me and jack went on the record quite big and said we thought Huddersfield would do it because of their ability in one-off games to, to manage the occasion didn't quite work for them. And look, had a couple of decisions gone the other way, which they should have. It, we, they very much could have um, won that on the on the day. But I think everyone kind of saw the the momentum of Forests, And, you know, it was a, it was a team of, of lonies in a lot of places, in quite important places, but had a couple of young starlets that clearly were destined for great things and likes of Ryan Sessignon, etc. So there is quite a lot of similarity to uh, to Fulham and Forrest. And look, congratulations to them. A long time in the championship, an awful long time in the championship. And I think that their fan base 100% deserve, deserve it. And we're interested to see what happens next season. Um, let's look then at some Fulham news that's been happening uh, in the past few weeks. Uh, and Peter, I think... Maybe not the biggest shock, but certainly to me, the one that kind of made me double check, double read my phone was the contract expiry news. And look, there's plenty of players on there that I don't think was a shock that Fulham let go. Michael Hector, Cyrus Christie, Fabry, Alfie Mawson. But the one that I think not many of us saw coming was John McCall seris contract being released. What is the news here? Is it a case that Fulham offered him a deal, but it wasn't high enough for John McCall seri Or is it just a case of Fulham realising that maybe Seri hasn't got that much of a part to play in the Premier League? And maybe us Fulham fans are a little bit misty-eyed because of the redemption story.
2: Yeah, definitely the big shock, wasn't it? I think that's the one after Reem and Cabano's futures were resolved, everyone was, was looking at um, because Seri had an option on his contract, because Seri had come out and said he wanted to stay, I think, you know, considering, considering how well loved he was. And, and as you say, the redemption story, it was, seemed more like a a, a shoe-in to, to see him extended. I think the thinking around Seri was that he is on a big wage, as everyone knows. And for the amount of game time he was likely to get next year would probably not reflect a salary of that magnitude. I think that's probably the simplest way to put it. Um, I don't think it was ever a case of, you know, there's no way you can stay, but it was, it, we wasn't able to stay on the terms. I think that he probably wanted an, at least the terms you would have got if his contract would have been extended. So um, one that stings, I think because of that relationship that he built up with supporters and the fact that he'd had such a good season and he had that redemption story and. Had played a really important role over the season, as we've talked about extensively um but it it is also one that probably makes sense depending of course on on who comes in of, to to replace him and, and the sort of way Fulham go in, in that sense um and it does look like from from what you hear that you're looking at a more defensively solid player more so than than seri may have been you know seri's qualities are all on the ball they're all technical really he he is okay in in a defensive sense, but you know you, you you need someone in that position or even two in that position who you can you can break play up and that's going to be important for Fulham. So a, a difficult call, a really difficult one. And, and and to be honest, when you even look through the list, like I know most of them were expected, but the fact that both Mawson and Hector went, you know, Hector had an option on his contract is also, you could say, surprising. I mean, for both of them, they probably want to get out. They want to play. They're not going to get that in the Premier League. If you're not getting in the Championship, you're certainly not likely to get it in the Premier League. And Fulham, you know, centre half is a priority for Fulham this summer. So, um, yeah, again, it's it's a difficult one, but it does just leaves the squad thin, I suppose, at this point. And, and and you can see you can see now what there is to build around. You can see who's there, but also the fact that there are spaces in that squad that that will need filling.
3: I mean, Jack, um, my dad and I were saying yesterday that. As much as Seri probably wasn't going to have a huge role next season, we can just imagine there'll be one or two games where we will say to each other, oh, I feel like we could have done with John McHale in the centre today, maybe pulling a few strings and uh, creating a few opportunities from, from deep. There'll be a few games where we go, oh, just a bit of quality in the middle today and Fulham might have nicked a draw or got a win or held on. or Got another goal. I like I, I see it ultimately. Yeah, 65, 70 a week whatever he was on is a lot of money to play for a luxury player that might swan on for the last 20 minutes of a few games, but yeah, I think that losing that kind of quality is a is a blow, but you know, we live in a we live in a world <laughs> where you can't just pay stupid amounts of money for a bit of a luxury.
0: Yeah, I I love John Seri and i loved his redemption Ted, and I've loved watching him this season, but I'm going to put out that I think this is the right decision. Um, it just feels like you can invest those wages or reinvest those wages in a player that one, silver fully trusts. And I don't think since January, or I think at least since January, we've seen that that isn't really the case um, that he's not been trusted in in games where Fulham have, have played against transitions. He's been brilliant in games where Fulham have teams penned in and he is able to find that pass over the top or, or that slide rule pass that puts someone in that can break a deadlock. I agree with you. I think there are going to be some games where it would be great to have John McCall but worth 70k a week, probably not. Um, and And I think that it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the ruthless business that Fulham haven't done in recent years. We've seen players given extra, you know, years on the contract or allowed to sort of just sit and, and kind of, I wouldn't say rot, that's the wrong word, but, you know, sit and and not be part of things when actually we we could have done with those, you know, players in those places who actually the manager fully can be behind and knows that he knows he's getting exactly what he wants from Um, And so as much as this year has been incredible and as much as John McElserie has been a joy to watch for long parts of this season, especially in the first half of the season, um, I think that if Silva doesn't fully trust him in that role, this is the right decision. Um, And those wages can be reinvested. And I think they will be invested with a player with a higher defensive work rate um, who is able to you know, sit in at the base maybe and, and and make things happen for them. Like you say, there will be a game, we'll be like, oh, Mc- John McElserie might have been, been able to get us a point here or, or to dig out a win from a draw. But I think if those wages are invested properly, um, they will bring in a player who's able to play every week and hopefully make a difference on a far more regular occasion for Fulham at the base of that midfield um, in order that Fulham can be a aside who can you know be defensively coherent who aren't going to be torn apart in the break um and and i think that that's an important moment for fulham because if if that you know it feels like it's come from silver this uh, i'll be i'll be honest it feels like it's one of those that he's gone right i think we can reinvest those wages rather than you know giving him a new contract and if that's the case then it's the you know right thing to do because you're backing the manager's ability to bring in someone who he feels fits his own system better. And I think
3: that's probably a net positive. Yeah. Well, John McAlcery, it has been a pleasure. Oh, we've well, all enjoyed. You. It has been a pleasure. Yeah, we've loved uh, having you back this season. I, From the stands, I've watched with joy pretty much every time, apart from Sheffield United, that you've been on the pitch. Um, and yeah, for you to crown it off with that goal in the Luton game, I think uh, was the, was the fitting end to the John Series story at Fulham. Um, Peter, it was a bit of a fire sale um, of 2018 uh, recruits. Andre Frank Zambo Gisa uh, is gone uh, as 14.7 million pound move to Napoli. Uh, obviously he's been there on loan this season. He had an option. This is one that we um, expected and just, a bit like John McHale seri although seri eventually came good. Another signing, another big expensive signing that did not deliver anywhere near what's been expected. And, and it's a cut price deal really for Napoli, isn't it? They've got a hell of a player for 15 million pounds, which is not a lot.
2: No, I think, I think, when you consider the, the potential for for Anguissa, you know you you can see him commanding a much much bigger fee going forward. You know you've got to be a good player to play the role he has in a champions Champions League qualifying team. So um, you're right; it has been a bit of a I suppose bomb <laughs> bomb bombfire twenty eighteen nineteen. Is so probably a little harsh, but it has been you know a almost a line drawn under that that recruitment. Um, and and even when and we'll talk about the ones that you know Fulham are open to receiving offers for. You're looking at players who were worth in transfer fees, you know, almost hundred million pounds worth of players, you know, and the returns aren't <laughs> for that kind of investment, probably what you, what you'd expect at all. Um, and Giesa himself, you know, we saw glimpses in that Premier League season. We know he's a good player from his loan spells at L'Oreal and, and Napoli. Um, and maybe with Seri, you know, in different circumstances, they turn out to be good players, you know, Alfie Mawson, the example, you know, is. Had so many injuries over that period, and you forget that when he signed, he was almost on the plane for the World Cup, but knee surgery did for him. You know, it's eh, there are a lot. Make sure there's what ifs, and 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 this is where the the process comes in. If you overhaul the squad like that late in a window, that that's what can happen. But yeah, from a full perspective, they've not they've not delivered what I think that investment should have should have should have delivered for them. I think that's that's obvious, and it's it's a case now of 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 building and, and trying not to avoid those same mistakes really because I mean fundamentally they are aren't they because of what, what they were brought in to do and what, what actually came about and, and it's nice that Sarri had that season she could show his quality to fans didn't really work like that for Anguissa I don't think fans have seen that quality apart from maybe Millwall away as someone tweeted to me afterwards at least we'll have Millwall away.
3: Uh, and Jack the other story Fabio Carvalho confirming his move to Liverpool one that we um fully expected as as well and yeah Peter mentioned that uh, the club are interested in receiving offers for Anthony knockart Ivan Cavallero Josh Onoma I mean it really does feel like a transitional summer but as you say this is possibly something that needs to be done a year or two ago and is finally getting round to it. And it's probably just a show of faith in, in Marco Silva that he is the man that they entrust with such an important moment. But yeah, this summer is, it really is feeling vital. I guess also it's the after effects of us having a full summer to be able to overhaul a squad and not coming up via the playoffs and not having a tiny gap. This is what Fulham have been waiting to do. It seems like for for such a long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously when your time is limited, your ability to rebuild is limited and Fulham's time is not limited this summer. And there's the added bonus of players not going away for a World Cup and therefore having more time to to blend, to gel and, and trying to get deals over the line. Um, now, there's already some panic, it seems, that, that Fulham aren't you know, announcing signings already. I think that while I can completely understand the apprehension, given what we've seen over the last couple of years in terms of late additions, um, it's very early still. Um, what you want is players in by July. You know, I said this before, by July 1. You know, this is what you want. Players being able to come back for that full preseason, given them that month and a bit before the Premier League starts with Marco Silva. So, you know, if, if, there's, not, if there's not any deals done by the start of July, by all means panic. Um, but at the moment, I think you've got to give it a little bit of, of time just to let these things play out, let the season finish. Um, you know, we've just seen the end of the playoffs. They so might be looking at people who didn't quite make it there in terms of, you know, the likes of Lewis O'Brien, who feels like he's ready for the Premier League. And imagine there's going to be plenty of you know, clubs swooping around him. Um, players in, in these teams who who might be looking for a step up who were nearly there this time round. You know, you'd be looking at the teams at Sheffield United, you'd be looking at the team at um at Huddersfield and thinking right is there anyone here that, that Fulham could maybe go and do a job on um so there's that things to consider and and I think that you know the next two weeks are going to be interesting to see how things start to develop and I'd imagine that Fulham when we move will start to move in quite quick succession there's also an element of you know how many of these you know getting these players who were here and are going to be cleared out let's let's kind of clear the decks before you start to bring players in um uh, so I think we're kind of in that transition period, as you say, trying to make things work. Um, It's going to be very interesting to see how these next couple of weeks play out. Um, I wouldn't panic just yet, would be my kind of advice, but I think I can completely understand the apprehension given what we've seen before. Um, But yeah, I think it's good that that Silva's been given the the kind of keys, the castle here in some ways, um, in that he's able to be part of this process. Um, I think he should be a key part of this process. Uh, Not all of it. We've seen managers make Decisions before that haven't worked out and that's not you know to say that they can never work out, but there's often and, and you know, the structures at, at clubs that are one run really well. It's, it's working together, you know, getting the manager and the the people who are in the analytics departments uh, and, and the, and the board level finance level elements of it all together working and singing off the same hymn sheet. Um, so I think that, yeah, as you say, these next couple of weeks are crucial, um, and we will, you know, be keenly watching to see what happens.
3: Uh, And Peter, I guess maybe one reason that fans might be... Panicking a little bit. I mean, I don't think anyone's fully having a meltdown, but I think I've seen a few tweets going, What's happening? And I think a big reason behind that will be Mana Solomon. Um, this looks like a, a done deal um, about a month or so ago. Here we go. Confirmed,
0: and, Sammy. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, here we go.
3: Confirmed. Not here we um, go, here anyway. And me. certain people are now saying that the deal might be off. I noticed, Peter, that you haven't necessarily. Um, said that or you haven't necessarily heard that it's a hundred percent off like uh, certain people mostly for brits romano let's be honest is saying so what do you know at the moment which i imagine it's not much but yeah what what's what is the latest as far as you've heard with that
2: deal they're still talking um there's no denying and you can see it from the reports that it's not going as smoothly i think as everyone anticipated that it would just walk through um uh, so there's no guarantee that it will go through, sort of my sort of take on it at the moment. I think last week there was um, someone was being sort of sounded out to, to other clubs. Um, so, yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, they're still talking and I wouldn't write it off. Um, but yeah, not clear is how I would describe it. And there's going to be a lot of that um, in the coming weeks. And I, I, I always, I'm careful not to say too much. I think I've responded to someone the other week when when the first sort of instances of trouble were emerging and, and reports were coming out, you know, it's, it's, it can be difficult and it can be difficult to absolutely verify stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, as far as I'm, as I see it is how I said, I, they're still talking, but that it doesn't look as clear cut that it will happen as it did a few weeks ago. Um,
3: I was a little bit surprised, Jack, that it was seemingly so confirmed. I was thinking the season's not over. This is a highly rated young player that was coveted by many clubs in Europe. And I felt it a little bit odd that he he was kind of pinning his colours to the mast so early with Fulham. I don't know. I I remember thinking, well, it seems a bit odd, but like great. I didn't question it, but I just feel like these things happen. If he's a highly, highly coveted player, his agent's obviously going to go, not going to just, cash chips on the first club that comes along just because we got promoted a bit earlier than everyone else
0: yeah of of course and you know you have to bear in mind that with all of these things most of the people who haven't got a vested interest in a deal going through are you know not not out for themselves that's the you know the wrong phrase that's not it at all but you know the agent feeding information to uh, you know a transfer reporter is usually trying to get something out of it um now whether that's to hurry the deal along hurry a club into action to try and alert other clubs to interest et etc cetera, et cetera, all of these things happen in this world and it's 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 a really murky environment I think it's worth pointing this out that you know whilst someone like Fabrizio has got lots of things right in the past and and he he often gets things right his his knowledge of Italian football is second to none and his knowledge of the Italian market is second to none. Um, there are elements of these things that change. Um and 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 ultimately if if agents are feeding people information, and you know, I talk about this with, with Dean quite a lot because he does this for for us, for ranks, um, you know, that the agents are often telling you things in order to to achieve something. It's not always for the benefit of, oh, this knowledge is good to have in the public domain. You know, it's just working on on different things to to help moves either shuffle along to the club in question or to raise a fee or, you know, lots of different elements to these things. And therefore, you know, all reports until they come from the club are, are you know, a are, are murky to an extent. Um, and so it's worth keeping an eye on just, you know, the things that happen. And you know, Fabrizio, for all his things, has had a bad track record with Fulham. Um, he said that Marlon was done a couple of, you know, years ago. It's never really reported on any of the transfers that have kind of happened, you know, from a Fulham perspective um, until they're kind of common knowledge. So, you know, just I think the thing is with the transfer market is it's hard not to get excited, and I... You know, I've spent weeks looking at graphs of Mana Solomon and comparing him to other wingers and uh, spent loads of time looking at Al Mazrati, who's linked for us from Braga, who I really like as a defensive midfielder, um, and, and kind of hoping that one's going to go through because I think he's the kind of profile that Fulham should be targeting. But equally, until they're signed, sealed and delivered there's an element of yes you should look at the rumors because rumors do tend to come from somewhere um and you do try to understand the best as we can of of what's going on and you know as you, we've always said you know here in philamish we try and report things that we feel like have some substantiated fact behind them we'll check them across you know various sources and and try and work out as best we can what's happening Um, but there's always an element of transfers collapsing. There's always an element of clubs will be looking at various players. Players will be looking at various clubs. It's never kind of done till it's done. Um, And and, and that makes this window, it's it's part of what makes the window so exciting, but it's also part of what makes it quite frustrating for fans at the same time.
3: Yeah. Well, um, one of the best places to keep up to date with all the transfer news and activity A Peter Rutter's Twitter feed but B The Athletic if you sign up you can get it for £1 a month great value uh, in order to keep you up to date with all the transfers incoming the kind of rumours that matter by going to theathletic.com forward slash Fulham pod and Peter will be reporting uh, throughout the summer on all the transfer rumours that matter and there's going to be a lot of them Uh, what's how many what's your list on now Peter it was 30 two last time
2: (laughs) i'm glad you brought it up because i was going to say my my list is now over 50 um (laughs) it's i mean those are silly numbers but it does reflect what jack was saying um there are a lot of different actors who have different um interests in, in the transfer market and that's that's the nature of the beast um and you're going to get things wrong you might get things right but it's you always have to treat it as Jack says. You, you can't have to treat everything as, as speculation. You know, it's some some will be better connected in some areas and at some clubs, and others will be better in, in other positions, and, and you and you see that over time. But it's it is it is very difficult when someone tells you one thing, and you you have to you have to be checking it as much as you can. And but at the same time, everyone wants to read rumors, so it's 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 very it's, it is difficult, and especially for a team like Fulham at this point, where. There are lots of positions they're looking at. Um, we talked about them, um, center half, center midfield, um, what a winger like, like Solomon, um, that <laughs> it becomes easier to link a player to, to Fulham, uh, but at the same time, they also have a lot of targets, like they have a lot of targets on their list. So you could name a player who could well be someone that they've sort of sounded out or inquired about, but they may not be a priority. And suddenly another player becomes available because the season's ended um, or a situation on another transfer changes. So there are, there are loads of different things that, that can happen. And sometimes you will report, to report something, it's just amazing, there's reports and you do it in best faith because you've, you've checked it and you believe it to be true. And then things change behind the scenes and may make you look stupid. But um, that's the nature of the, the beast, I suppose. But yeah, 50 already. I, I would not be surprised to get gets to 100. Obviously, I'm going to do, do a piece when it's done and I can list all of them, but yeah, it's uh, silly, silly numbers.
3: I love that you're keeping your tabs on it. I'm really hoping it gets to like 200. It's just like, paid. he needs, needs to start a second spreadsheet or something like that, like a new tab um, by have, the time in the summer. You have to do things. that, right? You have to be linked with,
0: you have to be interested in those of players. They're going to be, it's a bit, this is probably not a great analogy. But I'm going to use it anyway. Um, it's a bit like applying for jobs, right? I applied for loads of jobs that I'm well underqualified for before I'd started at Bleacher Report. I was applying for like head of BBC Sport.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Director <to> General. <laughs> but
0: if you, don't, if you don't chuck your name in the ring, do you know what I mean? like yeah, You never exactly. know. So there's always going to be links to players, you know, one who Fulham are like, look, we should definitely be involved in the conversation with this player because if it becomes a possibility, things can happen where you, you pick up a player and everyone's like, wow, how did that happen? Um, so it's, it's it's kind of one of those where you have to be, looking at everyone. And, and to be honest, you're only going to sign what five less 3% of anyone you're, you're really interested in because there's loads of clubs and loads of clubs want good players. um, And, and so therefore there's always going to be loads and loads of players that Fulham are linked to who have, you know, lots of these come from, I know lots of these come from scout reports, right? Fulham have had a scout going to watch X, Y, or Z, which means that they're interested conceptually in a player. Now that scout scout report might come back and they'll be like, don't sign this bloke. But <laughs> all we know is that the scout was there to watch the player. And therefore there is interest in inverted commas because Fulham have scouted a player. Um, and therefore, you know, you, you get to these points where loads and loads of these people on these lists are going to have been put through um, either the analytics machine or the eyes of the scouts or you know, most probably both if there's serious interest. And a lot of them will come up short in one department or the other. And, and that does mean that occasionally you know, links happen and you're like, Fulham will be like, we oh, you're never interested in that player. Like, okay, you were because you went to see him. But you might not have been interested in a sense that was like, oh, an inquiry was made even before a bid um, to see if there was any availability for said player um so yeah it's just it's fun silly season in many ways and then it's not fun in others so you you know try and try and I think probably the best advice I could give is try and remain relatively level-headed because it's all really exciting to get involved. you know it's really great when full of a link with Sergei Milinkovic Savic because his agent is the same as Alexander Mitrovic is and you know what but I'm probably are interested in Sergei Gamalinkiewicz-Savage because he's well good and there's a possibility that he's on the market this summer. And if he is, then you've got to chuck your hat in the ring. But whether he'd come or not is a separate issue. And, and that's kind of where I land on it.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take a break there. Afterwards, we're going to discuss Marcus Silver. Part two of the Fulhamish podcast. It's Sammy James here with Jack Collins. Hello, listeners. And Peter Rutzler. Hello. Peter, you chatted to Marco Silva, uh, you and Jack Pitbrook, uh, an exclusive interview uh, with the gaffer, uh, and his big thing is that he has said change is on the way if Fulham are to stay up.
2: Yeah, no, I really enjoyed sitting down with him and with Jack in that, in that kind of environment. Um, Where did you meet? Was it was it on Zoom? Was it? Uh... No, no, Motspur Park in person. Oh, nice. done a few in-person presses this year, so it's been quite nice. Doing, the, you, you get so much more out of it um in person you do over zoom it's a different dynamic in terms of how you can ask questions and how you, it's a conversation more than more than a more formulaic thing um yeah. but yeah no uh very interesting uh, obviously as you said mentioned about you need to learn from mistakes um of the past um if they're to get things right but he also talked about the process of joining fulham what he's sort of learned about himself um what's changed you know particularly say for example with everton there was a perception you didn't have the best sort of Relationship with supporters hasn't really been the case with that at Fulham. Does he see how he's changed? He said he doesn't really think he's changed that much. Um there was some good info on how he took the job. You know, he had his bags packed ready for to go to Fenabache before um Shaheed Khan called and uh, met him in, in Cash Cash in Lisbon, uh, on Kismet the yacht, his yacht. Um <laughs> I enjoyed and, yeah. that little bit. I just I
3: imagine going on Shahid Khan's yacht. Yeah. Must uh, be the nuts
2: yeah I, I'm, I'm not a boatman myself but i'm sure it's a good one um, I, I imagine you could <laughs> be <laughs>
3: if that was the boat that you get to go on i'm just imagining the scene out of wolf of wall street where uh, they see jordan belfort's yacht and imagining shades was similar yeah well
2: maybe maybe um that's
3: your next exclusive please maybe, i want yeah, a full tour, yacht, of, um, tour of the yacht the tour of the yacht
2: yeah yeah thank you it's what, it's what the people want um <laughs> more outside the, the riverside stand um the, but yeah no he he talked about that he talked about the summer he talked about his um his relationship with with Mitrovic as well he said that he he tried to sign him at Watford and Olympiakos, which i didn't know before um and yeah it seemed like uh, he was in a good place he seemed quite relaxed at that point um I think it's clear that there's 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 work he wants they for need to do in the summer and he's well aware of the the challenge ahead you know he talked a bit again about his his playing style and how he doesn't really want to compromise too much on that, but recognizes that you'll have to be pragmatic because it's the Premier League and it's bloody tough. Um, but no, it was, a, it was a good conversation to have and, and especially, you know, off the back of, of, of winning the league and um, being able to, to, to talk about that and, and himself, because this is his fourth, club, fourth Premier League club he'll have had now. Um, so what, what does, I think as Jack put it on Twitter, what does Marco sort of 4.0 look like? And you do sort of get that impression.
3: Yeah, Jack. Um obviously fascinating to hear from Marco what we expected might be on the cards, a transition in playing style. I think that none of us are expecting him to do a Slavisa where he kind of wanted to stick to the principles. I think we are in the makings here of a of a very different looking Fulham side next year in all facets, not just personnel, but also tactics.
0: Yeah, I think look, I've said this numerous times, but the kind of key point with going up to the Premier League here is being able to adapt, right? We can see from Norwich that the winning the championship at Canter does not guarantee you Premier League survival. It helps, I think. And you look at the teams who have won the league in the last couple of years and seen the kind of relationship between that and staying up. I think it's it's a bonus. But it's not the be all and end all. The be-all and end-all is learning how to adapt your style to the Premier League and therefore being able to cope with the different demands and rigors that such a season entails, right? And yes, you can stick to the basic principles of Fulham want to attack, we'll want to spread the pitch when we have the ball and shut it down when we don't. There's just gonna be a bit more shutting down than spreading out, as there was, you know, whereas this year there was more spreading out than shutting down. And when you look at that in in, in kind of the context. It goes back to you know what we were saying about John Mikel Surrey right at the start. You know, the, in the, there are more games for John Mikel to come on and try and pick a lock or try and pick a lock from the start because we knew we we're going to be penning teams into their own third time and time and time again than there is next year. And the fact that Silva has obviously had some input in, in in what's happened here suggests that he's already alert to the the different demands that the Premier League is going to give them than what the Championship is going to give. And and, and look, bear in mind that. Marco Silva has been a Premier League manager before. The last two times we've been promoted, Slavisa Ivanovic obviously had you know had had, a, had his moments but it was basically new ground. Um, and then you look at Scott Parker and it was fully new ground. Um and and then yeah, obviously Fulham have brought in manager halfway through the season obviously there are different elements of this but this is the first time Fulham are going back into the Premier League with a manager who has managed there on a, you know for a, for a considerable amount of time. And mm-hmm. I think that's important because it's not going to be new ground for everyone and 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 that ability and and what we hope is going to be a slight tweak rather than a full-on revolution in terms of Fulham's style and i think we saw parts of what he was trying to do with this with the pivots he was playing in the championship to try and get used to the idea of playing with a different sort of okay we can't just play with you know Fulham at points last year we're playing with Seri and Kearney at the base right that's it's brilliant and it's great fun, but it's not a way that Fulham are going to be playing in the Premier League because it's not defensively cohesive enough. And I think that that you know, we're seeing all these pivots that were often Chalibur and read. And we're going, right, it's very kind of conservative in many ways for what Fulham were looking at. But I think it was trying to move into a system where Fulham were able to attack mostly with the front four and be able to, well, maybe and the fullbacks potentially pushing on a little bit, but giving themselves that kind of solid core in the middle to try and learn a differing style that might be of use next year. I think we've already seen him try and start this. Um, Now, obviously, the personnel might be different. And, you know, a lot of us think it will be. Um, But I think that kind of concept of what it's going to be is already starting to take shape in Silva's head. Um, And that, I think, think is a good thing and, and something that probably bodes well for Fulham tweaking the style for a campaign that's going to be very different to the one we've just had.
3: Yeah. Uh, And congrats to Marco, by the way, he won the LMA championship manager of the season. Uh, He got a nice big trophy. I I saw for that one, a a nice awards do. So congratulations to Marco. I think it was the, the correct choice. Obviously, I know he didn't get the EFL manager of the season. I went to Nathan Jones, who's done his own spectacular job in a very different way. But I think it's good for Marco to get some recognition because... His team was the best in the championship and it was not just a foregone conclusion that Fulham were going to win the league, score 106 goals. Um, Peter, one thing I did quite like about um, this piece was Marco saying about how he's watched um, the tapes of the last two times Fulham got relegated. That must be a harrowing um, (laughs) afternoon (laughs) sit down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I guess necessary for the job. I was thinking, it's not all glamour at the top, is it?
2: <laughs> yeah. Certain things you probably don't want to be doing too many times. So he's done it now. He's ticked it off. So, I mean, that's probably, you know, gets the shared experience, knows what everyone's gone through. So, um, yeah, can only put you in a good place, I suppose.
3: I don't know. That was a straight to DVD one, wasn't it? I don't think I I saw those in the club shop. Fulham's nine home goals from uh, 2019-20. I don't think sold terribly well. Right. uh, We'll take another break there. And afterwards, we're going to round off. This will catch on for the season. Part three of the Fulhamish podcast, Sammy James here with Jack Collins and Peter Rutzler. And it is time for the long awaited chart of this'll catch on the stupid feature that Peter hates and Jack sometimes hates that we started earlier in the season where you guys send in your chart suggestions and we rate them or slate them.
0: Um, I don't
2: hate it. Yeah, i that's right. unfair on Peter yeah, that's, 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 that's slander that
0: is I think I've given more negative reaction than Peter <laughs> has this year so I actually will stand by him on this one uh, I don't feel like Peter has, has at any point suggested that he hates this will catch it's on.
3: sometimes what Peter doesn't say um, rather than what he does say <laughs>
2: yeah
3: no no <maybe> okay <laughs> But anyway, there have been some belters this year, so I spent my Sunday evening um, going through the list of all of this little catch-ons from this season. I drew together uh, a short list of 10, which I then stuck in the Fulhamish community in the Telegram group. And people voted as to which ones were their favourites of the year. Now, in the Telegram group, there were a couple of omissions from the shortlist that people were quite upset about. Um, Fabri, Fulham's third choice keeper, um, didn't that even make the shortlist, either. which, I, I mean, was just a complete oversight um, from me, in fairness. Um, is this the way to Amarillo for Chalabar? I did consider purely to wind up Jack, but I was thinking... I mean the the point that we played it so much and loved it was because it was bad um so i didn't feel like
0: it did improve
3: it did improve but he still had that line um (laughs) so that that was it so the five that didn't make the top five were bobby Dover, reed smooth criminal which i thought was Which I think is a, I think it's a shame that that didn't get more love because that was a very, very well done. This will catch on. The James Bond theme got a very low score. <laughs> the, the Fulham's um, 007. I, I think I mean, that's, a, that's an absolute... I
0: never want to hear that again. So I'm
3: really glad. <laughs> I thought that was a stone cold stunner. But anyway, that didn't, um, that didn't make the top five. Uh, Tosin's Sugar Sugar um for toast and bio also didn't quite make the top five but it did make the shortlist uh, Niskins cabano uh tainted love which you might remember was the most relaxed song that got very unexpectedly sweary uh towards Mad the that man
0: like me suggested a song for us i really loved that <laughs>
3: um and then love tim ream the lovely day just missed out i mean like one vote out Missed out. So that was in six. So we have a top five and we'll play with them for you now. The first one is for Jared Griffiths, a horse with no name uh, by America for Nathaniel Chalaber. So well done, Jared. You've made the top five.
1: He's sat in the middle and he'll cause you some pain. In fact, he'll play you right out of the game. The announcers. We'll probably butcher his name. So we'll sing it loud now just to save them some pain. Chalaba, 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 chalaba.
0: chalaba, chalaba. Right. So obviously, Sammy, this was played at the live event. Yeah. Um, which was great. But actually, I. Because everyone was just singing along, I never noticed that the chorus doesn't really work. What? Yeah, like as in, like just it's just the syllables are out. The syllable release is taking one last. No, no, don't get me wrong. This is still class, but surely just be like cha la ba ba da 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 cha la ba.
3: There should be cha la ba la 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 la. Yeah, surely. Rather
0: than there's like there's just like the the bar in the middle of it is too long. But you know, let
3: the people the people fix
0: that yeah the people will fix that that's the kind of thing that will just get swallowed up by the crowd yeah i love this i love this i've I've got to give it props but because everyone was obviously singing along to it at the live event everyone was like excellent this is great um as you say the people fixed it people fixed it for you so excellent well done everybody
3: well done jared right the next one uh this was a quite recent one that we played ben stupples and the Mitrovic sea shanty made fourth place <laughs> yeah. in the this'll catch on of the season. I'm going to say my headphones
2: out because it doesn't leave your head when... Yeah,
3: Peter it. particularly loved this one. Um, it didn't leave his head. So here we go. <laughs>
1: Mitrovic, he made the championship his bitch. He plays for Fulham FFC on the banks of the River Thames. Alexander Mitrovic, he scored the most goals in the championship. All hail Mitrovic, Fulham's number nine. He scored with his left and he scored with his right and he made the championship look shite. He plays for Fulham FFC, the pride of London town. Alexander Mitrovic—he just destroyed the championship. All hail Mitrovic, forty-three goal hero.
0: Just class, just class. <laughs> Unbelievable tune.
3: Well done, Ben. It's the voice that gets me. He's born for singing sea shanties. Yeah, born yeah. for singing sea shanties. Fisherman's
0: friend asking for a new, like, new, yeah. new person to join the club.
3: Get yourself down to Port Isaac, Ben, and join the Fisherman's Friends. They need a new recruit because it's it's absolutely wonderful. And uh, bring them all a Fulham shirt with Mitrovic on the back while you're at it. Uh, absolutely astonishing. Right. The top three. I think we all know where these ones might be going. Number three in third place. I think this is controversial because I thought this could have even won it. But Ishan Mahabir. We dream of Ream. Oh. Um the Lay Miz uh-huh. remake, we all loved it at the time, and it's still amazing. Even Tim Ream found out about this one on Twitter, um, and uh, I think he enjoyed it. I wasn't 100% sure, but so I think he just thought... <laughs> <laughs> <You're>
2: projecting there. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: mm.
0: Interesting.
2: <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he just couldn't understand that why a podcast was singing a song to Lay Miz. I think he was all just a bit freaked out by it. But anyway, here it is again. Ishan is a classic.
1: We dream of Reem, oh what a guy He's gonna bring us all the glory We dream of Reem and it's alright We kind of like you're from Missouri. I find myself singing this all the time. You're 34, still going strong. You are the pride of Fulham fandom. We know Fulham's where you belong. The best line ever coming up. So I guess we'll overlook the man bun.
3: We never got that chorus, did
0: we? Yeah, we never got the chorus. I really, really wanted it to explode into the full chorus. Um, <laughs> but we did get a meme of Tim Room singing it on a bus in a Jesus outfit from, for our own AF at one point. So everyone's, everyone's happy, really, I think, at this point.
3: Did we ever, re- I don't think we ever put that out, did we? Did we uh, not? Did, we never no. released it. Maybe we'll it- put it
0: out there with this.
3: That was just a private one for the Fulhamish WhatsApp where Adam made um, Tim Ream looking like Jesus off the top of a red top bus. Yeah, um, the, the bus, bus parade. The bus parade, parade that never happened. Um, but we, uh, yeah, we'll put that into the E at some point. Well done, Ishan. Um, it was a great moment in the season.
0: It was probably the. Oh, I don't know if it was the first, but it was what it was the first that. That really, like everyone was like, what on earth is going on here? And I think that was the moment that really exploded. This will catch on into life.
3: For me, number two is the moment where I think this will catch on it came from just some stupid feature to one that really captured the imagination. The amount of people that submitted one after this, this one, I think, launched this will catch on properly. Justin Miller, number two metro in open space i oh, will yeah, never forget yeah, yeah. i will never forget opening this email thinking if this is what i think it could be then we might be on to the best thing of all time justin just amazing a deserved number 2
1: harry wilson comes down the right your defender's not by his side he's got a target set in his sight now the cross comes fly and by he found me in open space. He found me in open, open, open space. He found me in open space. He found me in open space.
0: Elite. Sensational. Sensational.
3: Uh, that has been in my head for six months.
0: It'd be even better if we signed Matt Target. <laughs> we can, it's like we can somehow like shoehorn them into the same line um it's gonna be even better so
3: i'm i'm excited about that great vibes i deserve number Brilliant. two for justin. justin well done look the number one could only be one but this was voted by an, you know the audience it wasn't chosen by us but andrew lapin and mates on the bus back from reading to reading station History was made.
1: Harry Wilson, Mitchell, wise.
0: And again, are we not playing the actual version of it? Are we not playing Marisa's version of it? Like, like fuming.
1: Hang on, I'll be there somewhere. Right, I've got it. Because whilst Andrew
0: and his friends may well have come up with this, um, I think there's an element of you can be like, you know, one, one thing was like, Johan Cruyff invented Total Football, but Pep Guardiola perfected it, right? <laughs> Andrew and his friends <laughs> have come up with this song, but Marisa Marisa perfected it. So I want to hear it.
1: Hurry, Wilson, Mitrovic, and play. Plays. Scoring goals all night A fun. A fun. Make the Premier League look
0: shine. It's just glorious. Like, it's just absolutely glorious. Like, it's the best thing we've received this year. It, it was, it's my number one. It's my, it's my king from this day to the last day. Um, it's just unbelievable. Marisa, you have won my heart and two, you saved, saved this for me. Saved this entire segment. For for me, so thank you so
3: much. Frankly, yeah, thank you. And look, the moment where we heard that chant—I mean, whether it would have caught on without us, maybe I don't know. Probably. Probably, but you Almost know, we were, we were, we were on it. we right. We were on it. And when I heard it at Stoke away and I was watching on the telly and I heard, heard the faint <laughs> whisper of Harry Wilson, Mitch, Mitch and knee on the telly was a, was a proud moment. I'm sure it was a proud moment for Andrew as well. So well done for coming up with it and yeah, for winning this will catch on for 21, 22, Peter, what are your thoughts on the final five?
2: Yeah, I can't really argue with it, to be honest. All of them excellent candidates. I agree with Jack. I'm glad we got the, the best version of, of uh, Harry, Wilson, Harry Wilson, which you need to get played for the masses. Um, all all, very content. Very content, Sammy.
3: Do you want to keep it for next season or is it in the bin?
2: Let's we'll see how long it lasts next season. Let's just hope that it will feel like the right vibes. Otherwise, we'll end up with, you know, a bit of uh, athlete coming through and, and stuff like that. So. <laughs> athlete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We got wires going in.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Anyway, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun doing this. We'll catch on this year. We really, really enjoyed it. Um, some more than others. Um, and there's been some dark times, but there's been some good times as well, but it would be nothing. without like you. Fulham, really. Yeah. Send them in over the summer. I'll try and collate them. Preseason will probably still be good enough vibes for us to do some um, this will catch-ons. But yeah, when we lose our first three games by four goals to nil, uh, maybe uh, this will catch-on might have to silently be dropped. But anyway... Sammy, keep the faith. Let's hope. Let's hope it's a glorious season back in the Premier League. And thank you so much for listening this year. Honestly, it means the world to us that... Fulhamish continues to reach as many people as it does every single week. Um, we absolutely love you for doing it. Thank you for supporting us. If you're part of the Telegram community, thank you for subscribing to the Athletic as well. If you do, uh, I'm sure Peter very much appreciates all of you guys. I do. That, I do. Absolutely. Uh, comment regularly and read the Athletic and, uh, and get involved there as well. So last thing to do though, is to thank my two guests, my two wonderful guests who have accompanied me throughout the season on the Thursday club, Jack Collins.
0: Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Peter. It's been a delight. Um, this is, remains a highlight of my week every week. So, um, thank you for uh, a wonderful season. It's been lots of fun.
2: And Peter Rutzler, thank you. No, thank you, Sammy. Thank you very much for putting up with me in there. And, uh, and uh, yeah, no, it, as, as Jack says, it's a real highlight. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I feel like I'm getting better at the podcasting lark. Oh, you know, you're very good, words, Peter. Natural, mate. Yeah, okay, natu-
3: absolute natural. I saw you on the um, the athletic football show the other day doing the awards and um, he's, he's a bit broadcasting king now. This guy's unstoppable. Remember us at the top, mate. Remember. Yeah. Us at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Have a lovely summer. I imagine it'll be a few weeks until we're back, but uh, we will come back, of course, if anything major, major, major happens. If not, it'll probably be end of June, early July. But until then, have a lovely summer. Come on, you guys.
0: You guys.